Hey, greetings everybody. Uh, this is Wesley Pepper. This is the Art Lexia podcast. This is episode 128. And this is the first episode for the year. Um, so, welcome. <laughs> I, have been, I have been I have been busy actually the entire year. It's actually been quite a busy month so far. It really feels like a whole year already. Working stuff on yeah. Ginado, on, um, Ginado Talks Football. So, look out for that. I will be adding that playlist to the Alexia um, uh, Facebook uh, channel. I just need to figure out how to do it uh, because I'm not uploading the episodes. But yeah, but look out for that. So um, we're talking a bunch of cool stuff over there. We're covering the African Cup of Nations. At least Mustafa's covering the African Cup of Nations for now, but they want to move into other football. And we also cover a bunch of other stuff. It's not just football centered. And also look forward to the African Genius that I've been doing with Uncle Asal Kebulak. That channel is that playlist is definitely up. And um, Asa and I will be recording possibly later on in the year. I know he's caught up and you know, I know his mother's not doing very well. So and my king, I know you're listening, so all the best to your old lady. Um, and we will keep yeah, we'll keep that Pan African flag flying. And um, yeah, just one more thing before I get into this guess. Uh, bunch of cool stuff coming up in 2014. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, you can still see it's still the beginning of the year. But yeah, enough of all of that. Oh yeah, last thing, last thing, if you do this channel, smash that like and subscribe button. It definitely helps. So let's jump into today's today. Two, two, two today's, this morning's guest. Uh, ah, I don't know why I'm so tongue-tied. Sorry. Lerato uh, Skogulu, like my sister, thank you very much for coming. I fucking love the year. I love the. Thank I, you. I love it. I love it. It's really cool. Let's let's just start off there. Like, uh, what's the inspiration behind it? Where is it your design? Is it your because it really it it it's, it, it sort of it sort of frames the face. You you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm just a, a hair enthusiast. Um, it's not my original design. I follow a lot of uh, hairstylists, but also people that are express themselves through the art of braiding um but it's just like um following old school african traditional african hairstyles oh, right. particularly from west africa uh east africa they had you know even even south africa but most of the time when it comes to like the designs and patterns i'm drawn to west african kind of aesthetic so yeah i found a page where another lady had done the same hairstyle, but I think she was in America and I was like, oh, I really like this. So I'm always trying to also express myself through my hair most of the time. Well, yeah. I think it works. And I can see the nails look pretty cool as well. You mind just showing the yes. nails? Yo! Yes, yes. Tell us a little they bit match about my glasses. <laughs> I'm, I bought a carpet when I eventually found my first apartment in Cape Town from a designer. She's a textile designer, Bonolo um, Chepape. Um, she's got like Debele kind of um, prints. She does cushions, carpets, scarves. You know, she's designed, I think, Nando's as well. So the colors of the carpets were, they felt unique to me. And I'm like, I really want to carry this carpet everywhere I go. So I decided to put it on my nails. It's like, I'm looking at art. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know, you know. I think I think it's always important to. Uh, well, I always pay attention to things like that. Um, anyway, I thought it was really cool to start off with that. But let's start at the beginning. Like, I think, yeah. you know, like I met you a bunch of years ago, and you were a dope ass spoken word artist. Um, I remember you had a bit of a 
I remember back then, this was almost 2010 or 9 then, there about a long time ago. Yeah, I think um, 20, 2011, somewhere there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is around about the football World Cup then, there about. Um, yeah. You were very, you were very sharp and you had a very, um, I remember there was this thing where, I don't know what was the style back then, because I remember a few other spoken word artists did it, where they had all these brands and they would put these brand names sort of in a, in a sequence and it'll like form like like a scent and stuff. I thought that. Yes. Uh, so just for the listeners, let's start off from the beginning. Just tell us a little bit about your creative journey. Um, where did it all start? Cool. Off and we'll take it from there. Cool. So with the poetry, I suppose it stems from the love of writing. And it's something that I discovered very early on, um, probably like Crash. I was already enthusiastic about being on stage and I remember being in com in poetry competitions in primary school on the weekends like regional competitions but obviously it wasn't our original poems like you would be given a poem to recite mm -hmm. and my grandmother used to come to watch me for some reason I always came third and it was <laughs> befuzzling to me <laughs> I thought I was the best but that's where <laughs> the love of <laughs> That's where the love of uh, words uh, came from. And throughout high school, um, I immersed myself into hip hop culture. I I found that um, the way that I wanted to express myself was best expressed within the hip hop culture and medium and, and the people I was following that excited me about writing. Uh, people like uh, Dead Prayers, I think really shifted my mentality on in terms of what she writes about and your stance on the world and so I would say writing was my platform of um, I guess releasing my thoughts to the world and what I thought of being black especially in this world being black in Durban being a woman and being an artist so essentially that's where my journey started and then coming to Joburg after uh, I started acting um, so after I started acting, I came to Joburg to try it out. But I think I, I didn't have a plan. I was just winging it. And I don't think Joburg is a place where you can wing yeah. it because people yeah. are serious. Yeah. yeah, You need to know about your business. But to be fair, I was also 21. So I, <laughs> I don't know. There's very few 21-year-olds that, uh, <laughs> you know. I guess you're so, forgiven. I have to be. I've, I've made up for it. I've. <laughs> so um the first poetry show i entered was in durban it was run by a film uh, maker and producer by the name of tiny mungwe and it was called coffee sessions i think she's the one of the first people that gave me that platform so by the time i came to joburg i had already performed um to live audiences and then when i came to joburg i was trying to immerse myself back in that scene um, you know, but and and I was surprised that sometimes I got paid because to me it was just like something that I do for fun, but people seem to take it seriously. And yeah, that's where the, the poetry started. Yeah. You mentioned something really cool there um, about Dead Press. You're actually the first, to my knowledge, of my poetry guests that uh, pick up Dead Press. I'm a huge Dead Press fan. Um, I think that yeah. album, uh, Let's Be Free, it was 2000, 1999, there, but that free. album was very influential in my life. It changed. It changed so much. And it definitely Same. pushed me into the Pan-Africanist sort of space and train of thought. 
Um, yeah. So tell us a little about the spoken words. So you were doing that for about two years. You say you were about um, the, the other point you made is that I think it's pretty relevant. Is like Joe because of very serious space and um, in the creative space because it's so competitive and the money. There's a lot of money there. And uh, so yeah, if you're not very like you say, if you're not if you don't have a plan, you're not focused, you get found out pretty quickly. Um, so what was it that um, I guess like how did it change or how did it uh, shape you moving forward? And you know, why did you realize like oh shit, I must do this, or I mustn't do this, or that? Yeah. So because I never saw poetry as a career, I sort of had a very loose idea about it. I really was. I suppose it was, I just liked being on stage and I liked writing, but I didn't have a plan of where do I want to take this poetry. But because I studied television, I always knew that whatever I do, even if it is poetry, it's going to end up on a broadcast platform. Yeah, um, but because I, I was basically fucking around, um, my parents were like, you need to come back home because we don't know what you're doing in Joburg. And they were right. So I moved back uh, to Durban and then uh, for a couple of months, I kind of figure out what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Because I don't teach you networking also after film no. school. So you just, you're just thrown into the world and you don't know where to start because it's not like you're going to get a, your first role unless you know you have been trained to be like, okay, I'm going to get an agent. I'm going to audition. I'm going to da-da-da-da-da. And I didn't really have that information or I didn't pay attention to that information. So I moved back to Durban and then there was a radio station down the road from my house, a community radio station. And I used to walk past because I got into a very like depressive um, episode uh, when I moved back home. I felt like I had failed. You know, my friends had, were getting their first jobs and their first cars. And I just had this uh, performance degree and I really, you know, hadn't amounted to anything after that other than performing at small clubs in Joburg. Um, so as a way to get out of that depressive state, I started working out and I would pretend that the workout was my, my job. So I would wake up at the same time. Everybody wakes up to go to work and, um, go to gym and they had free Wi-Fi, and I would write on there. And I then I got into long format writing. I used to write for, or wrote a couple of articles for an online publication called Mind Map Essay that was also about the entertainment culture, but predominantly in Durban. And so the writing started to happen more frequently. And eventually I worked at that radio station as a content producer. So I was producing all the shows from 6 a.m. to, yeah, 24-7. And that was a really great learning experience. And then, then I discovered that, okay, I like poetry, but I don't think I'm going to pursue it uh, professionally as in write an anthology. I'm going to redirect it to content producing specifically for radio. So, and I really enjoyed coming up with concepts for the shows and names for the shows and just, you know, the conversation part of the poetry. Um, so, yeah, so that's when I feel like, yeah, I, I got serious about my career and I and I took it seriously. Even though it was a community radio station, it really um, helped me with the ethics side of the business that, you know, people listen and uh, you need to take um, the art seriously. But, yeah, so that's how I it, it branched off then away from poetry. Mm. Um 
I want I want to raise a point there. Um, I know another poet. Um, I won't call names for um, for well, there's a reason for that. Anyway, um, he once mentioned that poetry is sort of like the I would say the very basic or the, the I guess very rudimentary, very basic form of writing. In order to become a very good writer, it's very good to start off with poetry to sort of understand and understand how to use yes. language, how to use words. Do you relate to that? Do you? Do you um do you do you think that poetry made you or writing in poetry verse made you a sharper writer and made you understand the language and so forth? No, I, I think it's both. I think as a as a if you're interested in writing, poetry is the foundation or the foundational phase of where you start because it's creative. You have a poetic license to shift and and change the words how you see fit. So I do agree that. It's the foundation of of writing before you delve then into either commercial writing, long format writing, or you know um, novels and such things. Um, but yeah, but some poets um, are so what's the word? It's the, their words are so moving that that's who they're meant to be. I think there's a spiritual aspect of poetry, yeah. and the people that end up working and getting paid as poets you see it that okay no this person was meant to do this because what i realized with my poetry it had a very theatrical and humorous aspect it it, it yeah even though sometimes i would touch on social ills there was a very comedic element that people instead of you know snapping would laugh you know, when I get that, I was like, I'm trying to be deep here, but no one's <laughs> <laughs> speaking about alcoholism. You know, <laughs> people are laughing. Um, but you know, as an artist, <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm looking back. You know, I'm looking back. Like you say, how did I start off in poetry and then branch off? I, I, I don't think I was meant to be at the forefront of the poetry industry because it was always leading to what I'm doing now. It was part of my journey. I needed to learn how to be on stage in a live audience with live interaction. And uh, yeah, because I'm a performer essentially more than a writer. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of things like, um, you know, being on, being on stage, Personally, just from my views, but my my views, no, I'm not really a stage person. I don't mind it, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely, yeah. I'm not, I don't have the tools for that. Because one of the, because one of the sure things, right. uh, <laughs> one of the, one of, one of the things I know, I've noticed from most, um, and this cuts across music and so forth. Um, yeah. Guys, guys who, who do do a stage got a real strong presence and they understand the visual aspect of being on, 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 on stage. For example, how they look, how they sound, et cetera, et cetera. So you were saying it's something interesting, like working in radio, um, commercial radio as a content producer. I know there you work with a whole like range of different topics and, and so on and so on. Um, how did you sort of conceptualize your, um, I guess, identity through all of that? Or what parts of all of that, you know, sort of shaped your um, yeah. identity? So on, on radio, I started off as a content producer. And then um, one of the... Uh, um, um, people that used to advertise on the station, she was like, no, you have so many thoughts about the world that are encouraging. I think you belong on the mic instead of behind the yeah, scenes. 
And within a year, then I got my first job as a presenter on Gaga CFM. I think it was 4 to 6 a.m. in the morning. And it was kind of a motivational hour before people, you know, get to the yeah, breakfast show, commuting to work or coming back from work. and all Yeah. So then I got into that and uh, the poetry came through in the subject matter of what I was speaking about. I wasn't necessarily writing of the show, but it was just... It, it, I, I would have um, an idea for the show, say today we're talking about how to fix up your CV or something, you know, lame like that. But I would twist it into, you know, a way that was like, you know, this this is why you should be, you know, advertising yourself to the world or whatever. And so the the radio, yeah, the, the, that radio show was was in a sense also poetry in a way, but just not spoken word. It was more motivationally based kind of um, conversation. Um, I forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's not, it's not, it's, <laughs> this is not, uh, this is not SABC or ENCA where you don't follow script and you sort of get, nah, nah. Um, yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you something. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was it, 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 it was it was it was to do with uh with performances anyway. Um, yeah. um now now I'm completely tongue tied. Anyway, um but um one of the one of the one of the cool things about um or, or rather or rather rather interesting things about um about poetry is not it's not always for everybody. Uh it's always very it's always very tricky to make a living out of it. That's kind of what I'm what I'm doing. Um, and I've, you know, you know, if you follow this channel to my listeners, you know, I've speak to a lot of writers on here, and um, I also like to speak to to writers who has a book, so we can talk about the actual product of, of the book and then sort of market and promote that and talk about the processes behind that. So I think that's really, really important. Um, I try to document as many um, um, African artists and talk about the process, so people can understand them and so forth and so forth. Yeah. So before we so so before we get to that. Um, uh, before we get to the comedy, because I want to get into that, uh, I know you've also been busy doing a show on Sunday, which was still in January. I don't have the dates here, but I don't think it's really important. Um, one yeah. of the um, okay, no shit. I wanna I, I wanna get into something about comedy. Let me just take a step back about processes. Um, you were you were mentioning that, um, or rather, oh yeah, no, I didn't know what I was saying. Um, when you were talking about uh, working as a content producer, sort of reimagining. Uh, a content and sort of changing it uh, into your own style. That over there takes a specific skill. That's a specific talent. Not everybody can do that. Did you sort of? Um, I know people go to school for that. Um, some people um, in with, with visual artists, you know, you work in studios with multiple artists and sort of sharpen our uh, our techniques, you know, our, our style and stuff like that. Is there a group of people? Is there is there you know? Let me say more of a community that that is sort of honest. Um, besides just the um, the radio station that, and in, in case it is, that's sort of honest, you know, that you were moving with, that that made you sharper, stronger, and that type of thing? There wasn't a, a community as such. So radio is 24 hours. It's on the whole time. It doesn't sleep. Um, and that particular radio station was a Christian radio station. But what I will say about how the ideas came or the concepts came or the writing came, I was interested in people first of all i think if you're going to write you're interested in the world as a whole and how 
the whole world works. You are curious about why we exist in the first place. And you are curious about social issues. You're curious about how people react to certain things. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's writing, I feel, is people-based. Even if your people are aliens in your story, it's still a world with characters. So I'm yes, characters is the word I'm looking for. There wasn't a community as such, but I studied um, acting. So I had, I really had some form of training when it comes to storytelling as, as a whole. Um, the writing sort of comes naturally. I didn't actually study writing. It's just something that if I'm, you know, putting something and someone reads it, they're like, oh, hey, you're actually a good writer. Do you want to do this? So that's how it came about. But I wasn't part of a community of, you know, I didn't have a team where we'd, we would discuss. It was all me. If, if today I felt like speaking, why is why are cumulus clouds a certain shape? That's what we're speaking about. And obviously then I would research that subject matter and then I would find a spinoff. Um, so in my writing, the technical bit of it came from acting school where, you know, in, in, in storytelling, it's a, a beginning, middle, end. So that's how I structure, you know, everything that I was doing on radio. There's a there's a question of, you know, what, why, when, how. And that's that's the technical aspect of how I come I, I formalize um an idea or write a concept or present um um, um what you might call content to a, a a presenter. I think what then set me apart was that I wasn't thinking like everyone else. I would find a different perspective of how to talk about the same thing that that interested the audience. So even though it was a Christian radio station and, uh, you know, it was a faith-based conversation, I would find ways to make it palatable for people that are not even Christian. That's because, dope. Yeah, because we're all experiencing the same life. You know what I mean? It's, it's just that we choose how to experience it. And that's the difference. For instance, Muslims have lived by a certain set of rules. Christians live by certain rules. Atheists live by, you know. So, but the common thread is that we are all human and we are all going through a human experience. So that was kind of the format for me. Um, just that. asking questions. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's that's fucking cool because I'd also seen that your process was very organic. You opened yourself up. You allowed yourself to be to to be shaped by your environment, and you allowed that yeah. uh, environment to 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 really sharpen, to really sharpen, and you had a vision. That's fucking cool, man. You know, I wanna, yeah. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna get into the um, to the to the, to the comedy. Um, but I'm just looking at this clock here. Um, we've got about just a few minutes left, so. Um, can we do mind if we just close the session and the last session over there? We'll talk about sure. comedy for about 20 minutes or so. And uh, do okay. you have any material that you can perhaps share with us? Or I'm talking well, comedy with material. Comedy, I'm not a punchline comedian, I'm more of a storytelling comedian. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to ask that because because you know what, man? Um, um I follow I follow comedy. Uh, I, I follow, <laughs> I don't say follow that deeply, but I follow it, right? Here's a, here's, here's yeah. an interesting point um, that, I, that I'd like to talk about. Um, I actually read this article last week. Last week was a video or something, something like that, anyway. But pretty much it, it was saying that uh, our comics, our comedians, 
I, you know, I, the, the contemporary for philosophers or the philosophers of 2024, 2024, because um, we take a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of satire where they take serious. Uh, if I must look at those late night hosts in the US, they'll retell uh, the news through a very funny, but like very, very hard hitting. And, 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 and the punchlines are funny, but it makes you think. And um, I'm fascinated by, um, behind, behind that. Firstly, I'm fascinated by the fact that I think we don't laugh enough anymore. Everyone was too serious. You know, I, 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 and, and, and also I found that there's two types of comic uh, comedy. You get that boring shit, that type of generic stuff, and like, ah, that's not funny, you know. And then you have the, the stuff that makes you think. And uh, yeah. uh, um, 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 I mean, like, I can I can give you example of the example of shit that I like, but you know, I won't do that. I will let you explain. Yeah. And um, that's what I wanna. That, that's what I wanna wanna get into. And I wanna hear your philosophy on that. Um, and then moving forward, of course, like, um, you know, we're still still early in the year. And um, whew, there's a bunch of stuff I won't ask it on that, but like I won't give it all away. Okay. My sister, let me just close this. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Cool. Cool. Let me do that. Let's get straight into it. Okay, Lerato. Thanks, man. Um, so like I said just before the break, uh, I'm really interested in the psychology of about um behind behind comedy comedy. So explain to me what's your what your take on comedians being the philosophers of 2024 or at least of the 2020s. Do you believe that? Do you agree with that? Yeah, uh, yeah, for the most part I do agree. I mean look, I'm still a baby in the comedy industry. So I'm still also figuring out my voice and what I've got to say and I was gonna get to that. My yeah. philosophy basically. Um, but the comedians I follow, I think there's two, well, probably more types, but I'm going to focus on the two, the ones that are considered the philosophers of our generation and the ones that are just, you know, all about the laughs that are just super funny about life experiences. And the ones that are sort of more um, philosophical, it's satire, I think the proper name for it, they do satire. And the other ones, I think, uh, situational comedy or observational comedy where they focus on their life and then make their stars from there. But all the comedians are saying something about the human experience, whether you yeah. are. So for instance, in my comedy, I focus on my family um, and religion because I come from a religious family, but I see so many crazy things within it where I'm just like, this religion is weird because, you know, this is crazy, basically. Um, so that's my, I guess, my stance on that. But I also talk about sexual liberation a lot. And I think even in my poetry, that was the subject matter that I was drawn to. And about sexual liberation, especially pertaining to women, you know, going back from when women were being inhibited from being overtly sexual to now where there's too much sex. And it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but when I started comedy, I didn't have these thoughts that I have now. I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just talking about my experience as a person. But the more I perform, the more I do it, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm I'm discussing the Kardashian age is what I'm discussing. Um, there's some 
something to me that is now unsettling from a person who maybe was, you know, pr promiscuous or the world now encourages you to be an explorer and be promiscuous to the end results of promiscuity and this sexual liberation that people are always, you know, discussing. So my stance on it now is, you know, I'm obviously not promiscuous anymore. <laughs> not a whole no more. <laughs> I, I did rebrand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look. This is life. This is life. This is life. We've all had one night stands. We've all woke oh, up yeah. in the morning and oh, not yeah. been sure where we are or who the person sleeping next to us is. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, my discussion point for the comedy, I'm back to the philosophy part. I think that's eventually because I'm I'm building up to a one man my first one man show because I'm a baby that's kind of like yeah. the process of comedy. Um yeah that's what I'm discussing I'm discussing religion but particularly pertaining to the crazy side of religion and and you know um the dementia side of religion <laughs> actually yeah. and observing it through our our grandmothers observing it through when colonization came and how you know we stopped our own customs and got into this thing to all the stories in the bible because the bible actually has a lot of fascinating stories it's 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 i i probably one of the most popular books in the world if you look at it yeah it's one way, of the most sold books it, of all time for sure I take the faith aspect out of it and just look at this crazy shit. Like someone was stuck in a whale for three yeah. days. Damn. Yeah. Imaginative. <laughs> how did he breathe? How do you breathe in, <laughs> in a whale? Like, how do you breathe? Like, how? Do you... <laughs> and where do you go to the loo? Like, what do you do? Like, you eat? Not a but right down to, you know, I used to work at a church as well when I was, you know, down and out. I was a PA for a pastor and I saw the underbelly of the church and it was so interesting to me, like people casting out demons and exorcisms and, you know, this world where there's these fantastical creatures called demons and they have the power to sap your life force. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm discussing, I guess, how I see it and the crazy side of it. I, I'm, I don't consider myself Christian, but because I was brought up in a Christian way, my core beliefs are rooted in Christianity, even though I'm not a practicing Christian. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, the, the Kardashian age, you know, online now, it's bums all day, every day. The, there's, you know, women and men are wearing less clothes. And I'm just asking myself that, was this what the liberation was about? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, There's a danger yeah. to it. What's your, what's your take on that song? I'm talking about the sexual age whap, the whap, uh, wet, what is it? Wet ass pussy. What's this? Uh, Cardi B or what is it? <laughs> Cardi, some, somebody, somebody like that. One, one of those. What's your, what's your, what's your take on that? Do you find it? Do you find it? Look, look. People can express themselves however they wish to. But if we're talking about rap music and hip hop, men have definitely been grotesque when it comes oh, yeah. to sexual stuff. You know, oh, yeah. so yay, yay for the women rappers, go ham. 
but it's a boring subject matter to me. Like all you're going to talk about is your vagina. Like that's it. That's it. Like I, I want more. I want, it doesn't make me think it's, it's an easy topic. That's what I think. And isn't it like impractical, like for a girl to have a, a wet vagina all the time? <laughs> or, I mean, I would think it probably would give you some help. <laughs> I'm sure uh, it depends. Yeah, out a bit, uh, it, <laughs> the reproductive system of women is a complex system. Doctors still don't know how it works because technically babies breathe in water as well. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't comment on that because I'm not a. I'm not a gynecologist. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I just. Me personally, my take on that is I'm not a fan. I find. Uh, it's sort of actually i think it takes it takes away uh, from from a bunch of a few things that a lot of men respect about women like if you should if a woman just flashes a vagina in your face the whole time it's like eating biscuits every day i like biscuits and i eat it every day you know after a month i'm tired of it yeah it's a boring subject matter for me i want more especially when it comes to hip-hop it's writing based mm. you know i want to i want to hear bars yeah, my, i want to hear yeah. you know so in, yeah. in that sense of hip-hop i'm still drawn to old school hip hop even the new kids that are coming on i'm checking for the writing aspect of it mm. actually so yeah i find talking about sex the whole time and talking about your reproductive organs the whole time i find it easy it's it's, it's lazy it's me. lazy um yeah i agree with you yeah. it's lazy writing and the same goes for dudes like you keep yeah everybody yeah, you, show their body everybody all of us we all have these things <laughs> mm, uh, i agree i agree and and actually, think, you know they don't that song doesn't make you think mm. you listen to it so, maybe you'll dance and be great and then it's done mm, 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 mm. no i completely i um I, I completely in fact we can do an entire episode in fact a series on that um because it sort of ties into uh you know, you have these these days. Uh, the musicians have TikTok challenges. There's this one. I'm sure you know. We pour water down your backside and shake your backside, and that is perceived as being fun song. Wow, I don't get it. I don't get it. Pouring water down your backside. I don't. I don't. I don't get yes. it. I don't get it. Not all ads make sense, but it's just pop, man. It's pop music. I mean, Britney Spears and your Christina Aguilera's and your Madonna's were also doing weird yep. things i think that's part of them i think that's the machine of the music industry i i don't so think there's does... much thought <laughs> so where does yeah it, it doesn't and it's, and it's and it's formulated so 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 it, it is designed mm. to be the same so where does so, mm. so 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 where does your comedy fit in all of that so are you talking about i mean there's so much to talk about these days i mean we just had a a a a, a, a pandemic a, a few years ago uh, we have elections um actually not just in south africa we have in the states we have in the um, uk uh, 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 i yeah. think it's a very politically charged um, um year there's going to be very politically charged year uh do you touch on those things are you trying to um, do you have an opinion on any of this your comedy reflecting that yeah i don't talk about politics yet not that i'm not interested i just uh don't want to to comment on that i'm not yeah so my commentary is on for instance a subject matter that is interesting me right now is scamming and how normalized scamming has become you know with your ah, top bit that's a good one and your crypto that's guys a, yeah. and your forex or yeah. i mean, 
I'm interested in that. So, but in my set, I related to myself. All the all my comedy is a personal story and something that actually has happened. And now I'm observing, you know, that event. So, for instance, um, my grandmother right now um, has dementia. But before she had dementia, I felt like she was a bit of a scammer within the church. So what I'm saying is that scamming has been around. This is not the first time we are seeing people that are scamming life. And sometimes you have to scam to survive, you know? <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do, especially as a black person. Like, we, you know, you get, I'm going to speak about black people in like the corporate industry, for instance. You get in there and it's already set against you and you have to find tricks to maneuver so that you can, you know, get paid and work. And, you know, so I'm obs I'm observing the art of conning and scamming, especially in entertainment, because ultimately entertainers are selling a dream. Yeah. You know, that's why then people are surprised when an artist dies broke. And I'm just like. But this was a dream. It wasn't like real, real. <laughs> and also, <laughs> you know, we're all alive. <laughs> but also, um, oh, now I to say. Oh, art hasn't always been lucrative, and this was something that my partner reminded me of. He's also um an, an artist, but he's he's a serious writer. He's like discussing, like <laughs> you know. Uh, he's an intellectual. <laughs> very serious, very serious. So he was saying to me, you know, it's it's weird how people get amazed that artists are broke. Art wasn't a lucrative thing to begin with. And when I read up on it, back That's in the day, if you're an artist, you were on the same scale as a prostitute. You were not respected. It was not a medium that was taken seriously. Even though, you know, your Shakespeare's performed for Kings and Queens, they wrote all these things. It still was um, a job that was looked down upon. It only became lucrative when broadcast media came and advertising came. And that's when people started making money. So essentially then, you know, art is not money-based even. It's just, like you say, the philosophers of this world are artists and it's meant to shift a mindset. It's it's almost like you're a preacher in a way. It's not, yeah. And if you get money out of it, if you get paid and great, because your gift should be self, it should help you to be self-sufficient. But, but yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, my subject matter right now, I'm discussing scamming, but I haven't developed it. I've just started touching on it and observing women in the church because women are also tricksters women are big yeah. big 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 tricksters um, um tell us tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how would you identify let me say a story or something that you you know when i write comedy uh you know write a joke about and how would you can you give us like an example because the thing so, about your your your, your grandmother with the pictures <laughs> So I'll have, it happens in conversation. <laughs> yeah, no. So the, the gag of the joke is, I, I, I'm not going to do the whole set, but the whole gag is that um, I think she used to scam the US aid. Um, oh, wow. She's got my support there. 
<laughs> and she wrote to them, uh, I once found documents where she had registered a church and I was the Sunday school teacher in the church, but the church doesn't exist, for instance. It is just in the spirit. Oh. And, um, and um, <laughs> you know, she would open once us to fill in these forms and i remember the one form was written us aid so she had told the us aid that she's a widow raising orphans in the whole in the whole of africa sure and some of those orphans were us <laughs> <laughs> and i remember one particular day where white people came and i think they were from the us and i can't remember i was like 15 and she said, yeah, these are the orphans I'm looking after. And she pointed <laughs> so my, I haven't confirmed it because she's obviously older now. So <laughs> I think she was scamming the evil spirit. And I'm just like, grandmother. <laughs> okay, must I be impressed? <laughs> must I be insulted? How do I feel? You know what I mean? So I will be talking. I will remember a memory. And then I'm like, oh, my words, this is so cool. Sorry. Oh, did I go away? Okay, I'm back. No, no, you back. So how I write, so how I write, I will have a flashback of a memory of something that happened and I will be in conversation with someone um, and I'll say what I say and then they laugh and then we discuss that subject matter further. And then when I sit down, I'll take a note. I'm like, oh, okay, that was funny, but what is the point of the story? What is the... What is it? What is the story arc of this joke? And particularly with this one, with the USAID people, then how it's structured is tying back into the present day where we have your Tabo Besters and your Forex people and how now it's so normal to be a, a scammer. And I'm just like, life has also, the economy and capitalism has pushed us to be these people that you're, if you're in a in a corner and you need to feed your kids and your family, you know, I'm I'm not excusing scamming, but rather discussing how scamming has always been in society. Like that's interesting. I never thought of it like that. That's interesting. That's, yeah. That's so interesting. yeah. So I'm still developing it but for now i've just started at that story of my grandmother and relating it to church being a scam uh to the usaid being a scam everyone's making a buck and and the biggest scammers of all obviously are white people essentially i'm discussing that scam <laughs> okay Errol, i can't i can't wait to hear that um i'm discussing that scam that that is the scam. <laughs> that is a that is a scam. That is a scam. Races, race or race class, uh, classifying human race. That's thing. a fucking scam. Colored people. The, the whole thing term. working nine, nine to five, having three day weekends, um, junk food. It's just the whole thing. It the is. whole thing. It but is. yeah, so I will be in, in conversation. My process through that, I will be in conversation, and if I feel like. Oh, that was, and I remember that memory. Oh, that was super funny. Then I'll go back and then I'll write it out as I will perform it, almost like a conversation. And I'll write it exactly how I would perform it. And then if I feel like I need to research more, because jokes also evolve, it doesn't stay as, you know, one thing. You say it differently every time you get on stage, but it's, you have the same beginning, middle, end. And obviously my punchlines are always at the end. I'm more of a builder up to, 
the punchline and maybe you'll find punchlines in between. Mm. Let me um let me let me let me let me ask you that what's the difference between writing quick jokes and longer jokes? What's the what's the difference? Or I guess which one is tougher or um look, I won't diminish the 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 punchline comedians. It's it's hard to write a gag. It it is hard. I think it's a strength thing. Where are your strengths? And for me, because I started out with the poetry, for me, I'm more interested in the story of it rather than I'm trying to make you laugh. I think the laughing, yes, it's funny, but let's talk about this is is my my stance on it. But it both work, both work. The the gag comedians work, but you need a gag anyway. It's not to say that I don't have punchlines in my story. I do, but I've just noticed that it's not my strongest um uh thing yet. Maybe it's because I'm new as well. Maybe I'll get to a level where I'm able to do quick, 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 quick. But for now, I'm still pretty much a long format kind of uh comedian where I'm, I want to, this is how it started, then this is what happened, and then, boom. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Lerato, thanks, man. Um, let's wrap it up. Um, can you tell us, um, I mean, it's still January. Uh, it's still yes. a whole 11 months of the year. Um, yeah, what is your yeah. plan for the rest of 2024? So be dope. <laughs> <laughs> quick simple to the point uh, <laughs> no my plan is to get more serious this year after the showcase last week sunday i realized because i'm talented already i i'm very relaxed when it comes to you know my my craft so this year i'm trying to be a little bit more disciplined as an artist to write more and to practice definitely definitely practice more um i want to do my first 30 minute um show that's the plan this year so i'm i'm gearing towards uh writing that in the beginning of the year so far that's my main goal in terms of comedy the other stuff is is the bill paying stuff so i do voiceovers um i'm pretty much in the advertising uh industry and then obviously trying to get back to acting because i still like it and i've been been able to get a few roles here and there but what's missing is just the discipline of it i'm because i was in a commercial space i i realized i was caught up in the instant gratification of creating content because radio is like you know we're moving we're moving it's a sausage factory where now i work for myself and i have time to not be a sausage factory and so i have to now retrain myself to to study again I think that's what I want to that's my plan this year is to study my art to to be more to evolve it from just a quick um instant gratification you know thing because I want it to last as well I want it I want to make impactful work I want to make meaningful work because I already the commercial stuff is yeah the the pop you know but the line broadcast there hello uh so my listeners there's a bit of a delay in the broadcast um lerato you there hello yeah, oh, there was a bit of a delay there was a bit of a delay there it happens it happens okay, okay. So, yeah um, i just want i just want to be more disciplined that's the plan for this year 
So um, where can my listeners check out any of your work? Um, YouTube channel, websites, social media pages, etc. Social media pages is Rapanzulu, R-A-P-U-N-Z-U-L-U on all social media platforms. Um, we have a show once a month in Cape Town uh, at a venue called Selective Live on the last Wednesday of the month when paydays um, are around. That's very strategic. <laughs> uh, usually I, I'm the host of that show, so I normally curate a four-man lineup. So, you know, it's... it's, it's um, yeah, the comedians spend about 15 minutes on stage doing their set. So that happens every month until November. So the next one is on the 31st of January in Cape Town. And then uh, when is this going live? Probably tomorrow? No. Um, you know, that's you a good know. question. I will, no, no, no. I'm recording. I'm doing another recording uh, with another brother later on this afternoon. So I'll work on this this evening. Okay. Um, because it's the I first one for the year, I'll definitely put it up before Friday. Because I was going to ask you to send me details to, the, to this gig over here. And I'll put it, um, you know, I'll package it with the... Um, so, so this episode okay. goes out before that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the next show... Yeah, the, the promotion, I guess, if you ask me to plug something, is Selective Comedy... Um, you can access it through my page or the venue's page, which is Selective Live. But I would suggest maybe my page because the venue has other gigs yeah. going on. But last Wednesday of the month, we're at Selective Comedy in Gardens in town. Um, yeah. Okay. That, that, that's where people can can catch it if they want. And then, yeah, I'll, I'm trying to go national this year as well. Just, you know, I'm enjoying right now so i'm trying to plug myself into the comedy scene here i'm going to try out durban and you know other parts of of the country yeah dope man um i will check out your pages for that for the for the wednesday show uh say the first that's next week um the, the I'll definitely publish. Already out, so okay. yeah i just so um, yeah i'll put that all in the description thingy there so to my listeners i'd appreciate that. all of that for sure man this was a lot of fun Erat. this was fun Yes, uh, this was fun. I, I loved uh, the fact that you sort of opened yourself up. Um, I think it's a very mature um, thing. And I think, I think a lot of um, artists and writers can sort of relate to that. Where you might not exactly know where you are in the creative space, but you like, you open yourself up and you let the influences sort of show. That's dope. That's dope. And it's yeah. brave. Not a lot of cats got the, got the strength. I, mean, I quit my job to become a that. comedian. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. And we've got such a lot to talk about, man. Um, I enjoy this too much, man. Um, I'm yeah. definitely going to keep in your but, eye. Yeah, I'd say, I'd, I'd say, just to wrap it up, sorry to cut you. Just, I guess, a lot of artists, a lot of artists don't, um, we're all, we all have more than one gift. And I think everybody should at least try to explore the other gifts. Even if one gift is the one that's at the forefront and paying the bills, we have multiple gifts and I feel like this is the time to try. If you're interested in something, if you feel like you've got a knack for something, you can only discover it. And who knows when you discover it, it might just like for me, it was a, a eureka moment. It was like, Oh my God, I've been funny all my life. How come I did it now? And then it made sense. It was like, Oh no, I had to be a little bit more mature to handle then, you know, my voice because if that. i was a comedian at 19 oh my god diabolical <laughs> yeah you're probably doing something else now <laughs> yeah everything oh everything my god. Has its, 
everything has its, has its time or, or everything works on its own time and um, only yeah. artists really understand and appreciate that Plus so the I, process, as the cliche oh, yeah. goes oh yeah as the yeah. cliche goes yeah, yeah. and they, that they cliche so is true Really Shut up, man. This was fun, man. Yeah. This was this, this was a lot of fun. Good to reconnect again. Yo, I bumped into Les. What? I bumped into Les. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing. He's doing really po- well. I mean, he's all over the world yeah. all the time. His poetry uh, has taken him to copywriting. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Les, 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 Les is doing pretty well. Um, and he's been, yeah. he's been, been actually. Um, it's also yeah. interesting if I'm just looking at most of the poets from I guess I guess that that that, that time when I met you guys right. are when um, it's interesting yeah. it's interesting we will definitely reconnect again and it'll be cool if you've got a um, like a major production or coming up um, I'm also very experimental on this platform um, I want to do more okay. um, sort of like live so you at the gig uh, like with visual artists I like them to go with a device in the studio. I like yeah. my viewers to yeah. get a real taste and sense of what, you know, the, the artist's face, the, the greater pros. I think that's really important. For sure. And also, just in closing, like, um, I mean, I've got, I didn't tell you what I'm doing. And uh, hey, I've sort of pivoted into the entrepreneur space. Look, man, COVID fucked up everything for me. Um, and I won't get into the, yes. the, yes. the blah, 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 blah about it. Um, so I've got a tech startup now. Um, and okay. um, we're developing an app. Um, yo, I've okay. been talking about that for three years. We've actually been working on it for three fucking years. In that yeah. Years. No, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. <sighs> a lot of resources. And um, the idea yeah. is um, is to have a sort of a platform where artists can stream gigs. Um, we have VR rooms. So if you've got a comedy gig so, and I want to watch you, I can snap on my headset and I'm um, live. Nice. And I'm interacting That's and I'm a dope idea. Um, yeah, man, tech, um, I'm really, I'm really stuck on the whole fourth industrial revolution thing. Um, you know, yeah. we have AI that is a Mursa game changer. Um, uh, it's already, yeah. I mean, people are already writing movie and TV scripts, um, using AI. Um, it's a real collaborator. I'm judging them. I'm judging them. And you, and you, and you, and you're supposed to. You're supposed to, but, um, I'm trying to cover sort of both sides of the coin. Um, to see how artists can collaborate with it. And I'm trying to develop tech that, um, you know, the where it's a collaborative tool, not competition. Because if you go up a competition against tech, you will lose. Um, especially us yeah. here in Africa, we just don't have the resources. So um, I'm doing a bunch of that. And obviously the podcast and that forms part of the... Um, That's amazing. Sort of system it that comes that to fruition. That's really amazing. Yeah, man, dope, man. And, and, and you know, man, like I, I, I was looking for... Comics, um, but like people who are actually funny, not people who think they are funny. Because I also got a very specific taste. I, I love, I love how people are like. As soon as you say you're a comic, and they're like, "But are you funny?" I'm like, "No, dust shit." Like you ask people find that you're a visual artist, and they ask you, "Can you draw me? Can you draw me?" Yeah, like, people must respect arts, man. Even when, you, like, it's like, oh, tell me a joke. It's like, no, would you go to a doctor and say, "Operate my arm so I can see that you're a doctor"? The fuck. <laughs> you see, that's why we have this platform so people can understand. Like, don't ask that shit. Don't ask me that. No, shit. come to my gig. Pay me though. If you pay me though, I'll show you. Lerato <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, my sister. 
Um, you know, Thank it's you still so kind of early in the morning. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. And I will Thank be stuck with you with regards to when this episode will live. It will be in the next two days. Amazing. Friday. Amazing. Thank you so much. One love. One love, my sister. A good Bye-bye. week. Have a good year. Let's go. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Bye.